This is Jess Explores. I'm Jess and I work in Mare, the SFI Research Center for Energy, Climate and Marine. Join me today on a new episode of Jess Explores. Recently, I joined the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group for a sailing trip on the Celtic Mist. Now, there's a huge history with the Celtic Mist and there's a lot of stories that people tell. I'm not going to go into them, but I think if you are interested, you should definitely look the boat up. As far as the boat goes, it fits eight people, reasonably comfortable, and by that I mean you will definitely be uncomfortable, and that is because in most cases you're going to share the room, Uh, in most cases you're also going to um, be in a very crowded space, and if you are somewhat unlucky and you're prone to seasickness, um, you will notice that if you didn't know that before. Uh, but the boat itself, it was just, I've been on it before. Uh, the last time I went on it, our we were hit with such bad, bad weather that we couldn't really go very far. So we had left one port and very quickly had to return to a safe harbor. And it was just awful as far as wind conditions went. So we couldn't even go anywhere. We did one day trip I believe so out of a seven day sailing cruise we were maybe out on the ocean for three days we were in port for two days and then on the fifth or sixth day it was clear that wherever we were going to go next wouldn't be very um, helpful as far as going back home goes as in we would be able to go to another port but that port would be further away from public transportation and if we wanted to go home easier as in back to Cork um, it would have made it made more sense to leave from that particular port anywho very long story about a very horrible trip um I you may wonder like why would you sign up for a trip if the first experience was kind of like that um where we did see some really cool bottlenose dolphins and we did see a lot of other different dolphins but other than that it was very stressful there was a lot of uh, you know, trying to make sure that we're safe, uh, lots of seasickness, lots of uncertainty of where we're going to go, when we're going to go, and how things were going to go ahead. So, you know, it wasn't the best first sailing trip. But for the second sailing trip, I had looked up the weather and I was like, do you know what? It leaves out of Crosshaven, which is very close to where I live, and it comes back to Crosshaven, or supposedly, um, that's the plan anyways. The weather is supposed to be good, so I may as well just sign up for a trip and, you know, see how it goes. And if I don't like it, uh, we're going to go up uh, in into West Cork. I have friends all over, so in the worst case scenario, I just get off the boat earlier and then would be able to travel home somewhat easier or fairly fairly easy. So anyways, um, we all met. Now these are seven people that I didn't know. So altogether we're eight people on the Celtic Mist. Now the boat fits eight people somewhat comfortably. uh, But that said, if you've ever been on a boat with seven strangers, it will always be uncomfortable. It's just prone to be that way. But anywho, we're all on the boat. We're all, you know, getting settled, trying to, you know, get used to the quirkiness of the boat. Or the most challenging thing is that uh, I get up very early, but I don't expect anybody else to get up early. The problem, though, is that you share your room or you share your room is a very spacious word. It's not a, it's a tiny room. You share, you have bunk beds uh, and you share that with a stranger and you're kind of, 
any movement you make on an old boat, everybody's going to hear because the doors are creaking, the floors are creaking, everything is noisy and makes a lot of sound. And so you're kind of like, all right, um, so everybody knows I'm awake. <laughs> anyway, we started in, in Crosshaven. We left on a Monday and it was really nice. The first few days we had four or five days of really nice weather. Not a whole lot of wind, but enough to have two out of the three sails open. Now the third sail, the head sail, we only open when the wind was really strong because otherwise it wouldn't catch or if it did catch, it would maybe just not be strong enough and we almost would be quicker with just the motor, with the motor running. Uh, now this sail, the Celtic Mist specifically, it had a motor, meaning that most of the sailing we would have just run on the motor unless the wind was strong enough to be quicker than the motor. Um, it's just a thing because if the strong, if the wind isn't strong enough uh, or isn't going where you need to go, then you may exert more energy trying to keep the wind, the sails going than actually makes sense. So on the second day, which was a Tuesday morning, I was having my tea and I was just hanging out. And now, mind you, we moored, meaning that the boat wasn't going to be next to a harbor or to, um, you know, next to a place where you can step off the boat. Mooring means that your boat is just going to be attached to like... Um, uh, an anchored position like um, like a ball. You sometimes see that in harvest that they're like pink or, or orange balls that you attach your boat to. But you had to make sure that that mooring was actually stable so your boat wouldn't drift in the middle of the night. And that's particularly important in areas where you have a lot of, of tide coming in and out. Because if you're, if you're anchoring or your mooring isn't securely attached, it could mean that you could be dragged out quite a while, like quite a ways, or you could potentially damage your boat or somebody else's boat because you didn't realize that your boat was drifting. So, you know, there's a lot of anxiety around all of that, but um, anxiety that our, our captain, our skipper um, dealt with uh, very amazingly. There is no, I, I mean, I didn't feel that safe on a boat ever. This person was just amazing. He was in his 70s, I'd say. Uh, and he was just limber and jumping around and in charge of everything without an ounce of panic or anything like that. He was very direct and very, um, you know, teaching everybody what they needed to know. And if they were interested in more things, he would go into detail. But very much relying on the old ways of, of sailing, which was just amazing and really cool to see that he taught you them, you know, some of the principles of sailing and then also shown you how technology has changed or improved. And then it's also this idea of if you know how something happens or how you get from A to B on paper, as in like mapping your way out on a map, um, you will then be able to understand how the technology works and if the technology may malfunction or something just doesn't quite make sense, you're then able to understand um, through understanding the old ways how the new ways could be better or different. So it was really cool. Anyways, on the, on the second day, <laughs> we were mooring and I was having my cup of tea and I was really missing putting my feet onto ground and walking around. I'm a very active person. I love walking. I love running. I love just being on the ground and just going, you know, at early hours. That's just who I am. And 
Anyways, I was sitting there and I was kind of wondering how the week is going to go. Every, you know, every movement on the boat just felt a little bit uncomfortable and there's a lot of swaying and, you know, the first few days on a boat, you're always going to be uncomfortable. But one of my crew members, he came running in into the galley and he was shouting and he was saying, there is a whale, there is a whale. And I was thinking to myself, there is no way that there is a whale in that in that little harbor area where we were mooring uh, because that, that would just wouldn't be possible in my mind if that was a whale there would be really really bad thing because a whale could hurt themselves they may be already in a very distressed situation the water wasn't all that deep and they could really hurt the boats around them and just in a panic state take down quite a bit of uh, boats and you know it's like you have all these warning signals in your head so anyways I walked out with my crew member and he was just pointing at some uh, at a boat and I was looking at it and I was kind of going well it's not a seal but it's not a whale it has a brown color that's very interesting like you could see how large this animal was and the next thing I knew it's Wally the arctic walrus jumping onto a speedboat and I was so flabbergasted, you know, because you don't expect a walrus in Ireland in a tiny little harbor that was not suited for Arctic walruses. <laughs> so we were watching the walrus for a good two hours. We were taking pictures. We got a little bit closer, trying to see if the animal was hurt, if it was distressed, if there was anything wrong. But from my assessment, I'd say the animal was fine. It was resting. It was taking it very easy. There was no no sudden movements. Uh, the animal acknowledged our existence, like would always watch and, and look at us, but there was nothing else, you know? There was no reaction. There was no fearfulness. And you could see that, that Wally was really resting and taking it easy and, you know, enjoying life. So that was Tuesday. Uh, and I was just, I couldn't even... Like the idea of seeing a walrus in real life in Ireland, knowing that the walrus has been around since March, it was just such a cool experience and it was just so exciting. Um, and it was also kind of cool to just leave the animal there. And while we left, we kind of realized nobody around us had actually taken, like paid attention to the animal. Uh, so I'd say if, if it wouldn't have been for people taking pictures and telling other people that there was a walrus on a boat, um, I think most people wouldn't even have noticed because the, the walrus was quiet, didn't hurt anybody, didn't do anything, just hurt, damaged some boats. But, you know, other than that, um, was just very, almost respectful, I'd say. Anyways, um, so Wednesday and Thursday were lovely days, getting to know everybody. Water was fine. Um, we saw loads of dolphins actually on the way, but they wouldn't really stick with the boat. I think that we may have not gone quick enough for them, or maybe the noise that came from the boat wasn't interesting enough for them. So it was a little bit like, you know, um, it was just a little bit interesting to see how how the dolphins may interact with the whale watching boat, but they may not necessarily interact like that with a um, with a sailing boat, especially not of the size of the Celtic Mist. And then it was Friday. Now, Friday we knew that we were going to hit bad weather. We also knew that it was going to rain. We knew that there was going to be a big swell. 
and we knew that we all were going to suffer. Now, that said, I I would say I'm prone to seasickness and I can get quite sick, but at that stage, I'd say I was already quite all right. I had my sea legs, nothing was too bad. Like it just, you know, you sometimes get like a little bit of a belly movement and your belly just kind of, you know, does like a kind of air thing. Like, you know, when you fly and when you're in an airplane and just kind of does the, a little bump, that kind of feeling. But other than that, I'd say I was fine. And I kind of figured if I was fine, I, because I was so prone to seasickness, everybody else was going to be fine. Not the case. <laughs> just so you're warned already. Um, so anyways, we were heading towards Cape Clear and it started hailing. The waves were coming from everywhere, and as we were looking towards Cape Clear, there was a passage, which means that there was two pieces of of rock coming closer together. Now, what that means in in an ocean context is that there is more water being pushed through that passage, and if there's water pushed through, it means that there's going to be waves that are going to hit you much harder than before or after the passage. Apparently, that is also not quite the case. Um, so it was up to the passage. Everything was all right. It was a little bit rocky, but it wasn't too bad. We hit the passage. The waves were really, really high. As in, I'd say about two meter, three meter up and down on a boat, which is an interesting experience to say the least. And you know, all of the people on the boat were, other than our skipper and our second in command, uh, which I think is the first mate, um, all of us were not experienced sailors. Like, we may like to sail and we may have been on different sailing trips, but not as in really understanding the ins and outs of everything. So I'd say through the little passage, we were okay. Everybody was doing okay. Everybody was in somewhat of a good spirit. But then everything instantly changed. Once we finished the passage, once we had passed the passage, we got hit by really bad, terrifying weather. And I say terrifying as in, even if you would have been on land in your house and you would have gotten that storm in hitting your house, you may have been very um, aware of the rain, of the hail, of the wind that was pelting your house. So we were on the boat. There was nobody around us, no boat in sight. There was a few birds around and from what I could tell, a lot of rocks. Now, at that point, one of my crew members she was sitting on the floor just to, you know, be in a position where she wasn't, where she wasn't in the way. At that stage, we were also trying to put up all the, all the sails, and that was to catch the wind, which was a little bit counterintuitive because personally, I would have probably kept the sails down and just gone on the motor and just go through it. But with the sails on, you were able to go through it faster. Uh, but that also meant you really need to, needed to know what you were doing. So we were going through that. Our skipper and our first mate were trying to pull up all the sails. And all us other six people were just holding on for dear life. But anyways, one of my crew members sat down on the floor trying to hold on and not be in the way of like adjusting sails and beams going from right to left and 
almost hitting everybody in the face and that kind of thing. Um, and as she was doing that, uh, she fell. And the second she fell onto the floor, like onto the boat floor, you could instantly sense this kind of nervousness, the kind of, we want to get off the boat, this is not safe, this is not fun, this is not what any of us want to do, um, it doesn't feel comfortable, and you could instantly feel a sense of panic. Now, at that stage, I had hold, held on to a rope trying to adjust something. I couldn't tell you what I was trying to adjust. I just knew I was adjusting something and they had asked me to hold the sail. And I could see my crew member and I could hear the panic. And so as I was holding the sail, my crew member had fallen. While she was doing that, she kind of knocked me over, but I was low enough to the ground already that it didn't, you know, affect me. I was holding on to her and I was looking at her as I was holding on to the sail and I was looking at one of my other crew members who really did not have a good time. And so I looked at him and I said, you are fine. You are safe. I got you. And you could see this tiny second of him looking at me and really needing to believe me. And so I repeated it again. I got you. You are fine. You are safe. And then I said it again. I got you. You are fine. You are safe. And by the third time I had said that, you could see his face was kind of softening. You could see he was ready to hear what I was saying. You could see what I said had kind of sunken in. And at the same time that that happened, the calmness came over everybody. Because everybody said the same thing to themselves. Somebody has me. I am safe. You are going to be fine. I am going to be okay. We're going to get through this all together. And because of that collective understanding that this is going to be all right, everybody calmed down and we were ready to just laugh about it. Because the second we did that, I raised my hands, like once I had made sure that I could let go of the rope and that my crew member was all right. And I raised my hands and I said, it's more fun if you raise your hands. It's more fun if you sway around. Yes, this is awful. I don't want to be on the boat just as much as nobody wants to be on the boat. But we got this. This is an experience. And really, this is where I want to end the story. Now, I know it's been a long story about this whole, you know, being on a boat, what that felt like, and, you know, just in general, a little bit of experience, a little bit of whisking you away into a foreign experience that you may have never done yourself and you may not be interested into. But... What I want to tell you is that sometimes when you have a physical experience where things are really awful and you kind of feel like you're you're not in control and you're really scared and you may be scared for your life and this may be an experience that you had never had before, then tell yourself, somebody has me, I am okay, I am safe. Because that is the reality. 
In most cases, you are not by yourself. You're not alone. There is somebody else with a lot of experience that will be able to help you if you know where to look for that person, if you're ready to receive that understanding. And sometimes it takes a lot of time. Sometimes somebody can tell you this over months and you are not ready to hear it and all of a sudden you're able to receive that understanding and to understand what somebody actually is saying that they have your back and that they want to keep you safe now i'm telling you this because we're all going into challenging times and it can be sometimes a little bit like you can't see you can't see the trees for the forest You don't know what you're doing. You may be afraid. You may be scared. You may be challenged. You may be frustrated. As we all are. We all are that constantly. But it helps to know that you're not alone. And I want you to take that away, really. That sometimes, even if you don't know what you're doing, sometimes telling yourself that you are safe and that things are okay and that somebody got you, whoever that somebody is, That can be really helpful and calming because then you know you're not alone. And I think that's a very important and powerful thing that we as humans can do. We can tell each other that we're safe and that everything's okay and everything's going to turn out okay. Because I didn't. I honestly didn't know if we were going to be safe. I just trusted that my skipper and my first mate didn't want to die. And because they didn't want to die, they were going to try everything to keep everybody else safe. That was my only assumption. And that was the only thing I could say. And But that was enough for me. For me, that was enough. But it obviously not everybody thinks the way I do. So anyways, I hope your, I hope your summer was less stressful than mine. I hope you had a more relaxing uh, vacation than I did. But I also hope that you had an adventure and that you stepped out of your own comfort zone and that you really enjoyed yourselves. Because that's the thing. When you experience something like that, when you have gone through a very tough weather window, (laughs) you will realize how strong you actually are and you will realize what you're actually capable of. And that's some amazing stuff. So with that, I hope you have a wonderful start to school if you are back to school. I hope you had a wonderful break and hopefully are able to get back into work with a lot of motivation, a lot of fun and a lot of enjoying uh, what the new semester and the new month and the new work has to offer. And I hope that you are safe and I hope that you know you're not alone and I got you. If you want to engage with me on social media, follow me on Twitter at Jess underscore explores or follow me on Instagram at Jess underscore explores underscore podcast.